Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. You may notice the sound quality is a little bit changed today. Uh, it's the beginning of the month. It's March 1st, so I thought I'd try something new. I found this old uh, microphone in my basement, so I thought I'd try it out and see if we can get the audio quality a little bit better for you guys. Uh, I'd still like to figure out how to put some nice uh, background music or some raindrops or something in the background, but I'll have to learn that another day. For now, we're reading paragraphs 464 through 470 today. And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Roman numeral 3. True God and True Man. The unique, altogether singular event of the incarnation of the Son of God does not mean that Jesus Christ is part God and part man, nor does it imply that he is the result of a confused mixture of the divine and the human. He became truly man, while remaining truly God. Jesus Christ is true God and true man. During the first centuries, the Church had to defend and clarify this truth of faith against the heresies that falsified it. From apostolic times, the Christian faith has insisted on the true incarnation of God's Son, come in the flesh. But already in the third century, the Church, in a council at Antioch, had to affirm against Paul of Samosata that Jesus Christ is Son of God by nature and not by adoption. The First Ecumenical Council of Nicaea in 325 confessed in its creed that the Son of God is begotten, not made, of the same substance, homoousius, as the Father, and condemned Arius, who had affirmed that the Son of God came to be from things that were not and that he was from another substance than that of the Father. The Nestorian heresy regarded Christ as a human person joined to the divine person of God's Son. Opposing this heresy, St. Cyril of Alexandria and the Third Ecumenical Council at Ephesus in 431 confessed that the Word, uniting to himself and his person the flesh animated by a rational soul, became man. Christ's humanity has no other subject than the divine person of the Son of God, who assumed it and made it his own from his conception. For this reason, the Council of Ephesus proclaimed in 431 that Mary truly became the mother of God by the human conception of the Son of God in her womb. Mother of God, not that the nature of the Word or his divinity received the beginning of its existence from the Holy Virgin, but that since the Holy Body animated by a rational soul, which the word of God, united to himself according to the hypostasis, was born from her. The word is said to be born according to the flesh. The monophysites affirmed that the human nature had ceased to exist as such in Christ when the divine person of God's Son assumed it. Faced with this heresy, the Fourth Ecumenical Council at Chalcedon in 451 confessed, Following the Holy Fathers, we unanimously teach and confess one and the same Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the same perfect in divinity and perfect in humanity, the same truly God and truly man, composed of rational soul and body, consubstantial with the Father as to his divinity and consubstantial with us as to his humanity, like us in all things but sin. He was begotten from the Father before all ages, as to his divinity, 
and in these last days, for us and for our salvation, was born as to his humanity of the Virgin Mary, the Mother of God. We confess that one and the same Christ, Lord, and only begotten Son, is to be acknowledged in two natures, without confusion, change, division, or separation. The distinction between the natures was never abolished by their union, but rather the character proper to each of the two natures was preserved as they came together in one person, prosopon, and one hypostasis. After the Council of Chalcedon, some made of Christ's human nature a kind of personal subject. Against them, the Fifth Ecumenical Council at Constantinople in 553 confessed that there is but one hypostasis, or person, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the Trinity. Thus everything in Christ's human nature is to be attributed to his divine person as its proper subject, not only his miracles, but also his sufferings and even his death. He who was crucified in the flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, is true God, Lord of glory, and one of the Holy Trinity. The Church thus confesses that Jesus is inseparably true God and true man. He is truly the Son of God, who, without ceasing to be God and Lord, became a man and our brother. What he was, he remained, and what he was not, he assumed, sings the Roman liturgy. And the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom proclaims and sings, O only begotten Son and Word of God, immortal being, you who deigned for our salvation to become incarnate of the Holy Mother of God and ever-Virgin Mary, you who without change became man and were crucified, O Christ our God, you who by your death have crushed death, you who are one of the Holy Trinity, glorified with the Father and the Holy Spirit, save us. Roman numeral 4. How is the Son of God man? Because human nature was assumed, not absorbed, in the mysterious union of incarnation, the Church was led over the course of centuries to confess the full reality of Christ's human soul, with its operations of intellect and will, and of his human body. In parallel fashion, she had to recall on each occasion that Christ's human nature belongs as his own to the divine person of the Son of God, who assumed it. Everything that Christ is and does in this nature derives from one of the Trinity. The Son of God therefore communicates to his humanity his own personal mode of existence in the Trinity. In his soul, as in his body, Christ thus expresses humanly the divine ways of the Trinity. The Son of God worked with human hands. He thought with a human mind. He acted with a human will, and with a human heart he loved. Born of the Virgin Mary, he has truly been made one of us, like to us in all things except sin. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.